I'm so excited. I'm here with Josh Todd, Chief Marketing Officer for MindBody. Josh, welcome. It's so great to be chatting. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm really excited for the conversation today. Likewise, you know, the weather's getting a little better here on the East Coast, so I'm starting to feel a little more about the uh, the workout conversation. Well, I mean, what's happening in the wellness space right now? I mean, what a crazy year and change for uh, for the overall space of wellness. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, 2020 was devastating for um, for the wellness industry, really difficult when you think about kind of uh, core fitness, um, close proximity, uh, you know, breathing heavy, working out hard, uh, indoors, uh, all those things were just uh, not the right time uh, in this past year. And so it was a really, really tough year for our, our customers through 2020 from everything from um, spas, salons to boutique fitness. Uh, but what we're seeing now, as you see spring uh, coming back out uh, on the East Coast, um, we're seeing, uh, you know, this this reemergence of uh, the businesses who are opening up, who are being able to welcome back um, their loyal customers who have been dying to get back into that community experience that they missed so much over the last year. Yeah. And tell me a little bit about, and I know you, you know, you're a little unique because you both have a consumer facing um, application, but, and also, um, you know, one that deals directly with the businesses. So can you tell me a little bit about the businesses and how, you know, you approached uh, 2020 and, you know, what, what you kind of learned in the last year about things on the B2B side? Sure. Yeah. So our, you know, our, our mission is connecting the world to wellness um, and really helping people lead healthier, happier lives. And as you mentioned, we do have the two sides of the market. So there's the, the software side, our SaaS business, helping these boutique studios from, uh, you know, fitness studios, Pilates, yoga, um, to spas, salons, and, and everything in between and integrative health. Um, and what we saw over this past year was that these businesses really had to hustle. So, um, and we had to show up for them. So initially, Right as uh, the pandemic started to hit, um, you know, we recognized that our customers were in a void of information. They didn't know what to do. And we were we had the benefit of having tens of thousands of customers on our platform. So we were able to see what the best of the businesses were doing, how they were pivoting, where they were going. And so we pushed out a lot of content on how to uh, clean your studio, what's going on with the PPP loans, what's going on um, with virtual. And we actually fast tracked some uh, product development so that we could bring a virtual offering to market to help these customers because they couldn't bring people in person, but they could have a virtual experience and keep that connection going. And what we saw was just amazing hustle from these businesses, finding different ways. If it was warm climate, some of them found spaces where they could be outside. Um, and over the past year, they evolved in how they addressed the market. And what we found was this really nice kind of hybrid experience where they were using these virtual um, they were using these uh, virtual classes to help create those connections. And I mean, in your role, I mean, let me take a step back. I mean, how would you explain your role as, as chief marketing officer at MindBody? Because it sounds like you know, there's this conversion piece of like how you sort of keep feeding the machine, but it also sounds like you were doing a heck of a lot of work, staying close to businesses and really helping the business be very flexible, um, going through a lot of uncertainty. How, how would you describe your, your role? Yeah, well, I, mean, I mean, I see it in almost any marketing leader, it's, you know, it's Maslow's hierarchy, where it starts with, um, we got to put food on the table, we got to have shelter, and that's really driving the business. That's leads, 
uh, new leads coming into the business, as well as continuing to further engage with our customers. No matter the environment, no matter whether there's a pandemic, everything for me starts there. My core job is first feed the business, and then we move up, um, you know, kind of up the pyramid to self-actualization, which gets more through the the brand um, and and the content pieces. But in reality, they all work together. You can't just run a demand gen, um, you know, a demand gen model where you're doing all paid search. We needed to continue to um, feed uh, feed the category and continue to stay top of mind through our thought leadership with our customers. So really, it's the it's the gamut of things all leading to. Are we growing revenue? Are we driving sales? We're a for-profit business. Um, while there's so many things that we do that are dedicated to our customers, because we know that our path to success is through our customers succeeding. Um, but at the end of the day, it's really marketing's job is to help um, support uh, the sales motion. And we do that through social. We do that through um, PR. And that was some of the big shifts in this past year. We were pretty heavily dependent on paid advertising pre-pandemic, 2019, 18, and, and prior to that. And what we found was we said, okay, we got to strip all this down. Um, the industry is not in a place where we can continue to invest at this level. It's not healthy for our business. And so we really came back with kind of you know zero-based planning and started from the bottom and saying, where does the next dollar go? Um, how do we both support our customers and drive growth in the business? And what's that balance look like? And it, you know, it really was, um, you know, kind of that, that, um, I always wished as a marketing leader that I would really know kind of where that next dollar, uh, should go and what it would look like if we didn't do things. Well, we got to live that experiment, uh, real time where we, we pulled everything back and then we built it back up. Um, and so it was, uh, it was a, a tremendous learning experience for myself, our team, and I think a lot of other marketers across the industry. Yeah, no, you're incredibly right. I mean, I think there was there was the necessity element, but then there was also this concept of, gosh, with with everything that the world is going through, can I really heavy up on paid advertising right now? Right? Is that going to appear tone deaf? Is that going to appear you know, right for for the time? So, yeah, in a, in a few of these conversations, some marketers have reflected that they were stunned by what they could pull back right. and how it sort of enabled them to look with fresh eyes at their marketing practices. I mean, what did you learn was incredibly effective sort of coming out, you know, as the world starts to bounce back? And what do you think you'll be doing differently as a marketer? Yeah, I mean, so when, when we came in, we had just launched um, at the end 2019 uh, Q4, we just launched a major national advertising campaign, um, really driving consumers into our uh, into our app so that they could then transact with our customers as a way to help grow the industry. And so when we um, shut everything down and when we came back, um, the first thing that we recognized was the strength of our brand. And the strength of the brand, all the work we had done, all the goodwill we had tried to put out in the market over the years really paid dividends for us uh, because people were, were looking to the stable leader in that time of confusion, of that time of uncertainty. MindBody was a very stable company that was able to be there for our customers. We were able to, um, you know, and that's where I think there's the two sides of it, right? Like one is, how, what are the marketing channels we're going to do? And then two, how do we help our customers just survive? So those two things worked in concert where we, you know, we had fee relief for a lot of our customers who had to be closed. Those things help build the brand. Those are things that help us drive business now because of the actions we took then. So for me, it was, um, 
a reminder of the fact that all of marketing is interconnected and that brand and demand gen, they're, they're on a, a spectrum of ways that you go to market, um, but they're very much interconnected. So we leaned on our brand. We leaned on our thought leadership. We have a wellness index. These, these things where we're able to go out and get this amazing research that we provide. That helped us um, really drive our earned and owned uh, media on top of our brand strength so that when we built back paid slowly, we didn't have to come back at the same levels as, as before. Um, uh, the efficiency of the paid channels was something that was, um, you know, maybe we were behind the game um, and others are further ahead. But we got really serious about marginal CAC and understanding what that that next that last customer in costs you. We had got lulled into um, averages and feeling good about our overall CAC when in reality, those last customers in, we were losing money on those customers. And so that kind of hard look at yourself um, and leaning in on the strength and the, um, the brand equity that we built up over time um, and then applying a much more rigid um, uh, cost analysis to where we're investing dollars and focusing in on marginal CAC. Um, those are game changers for, for our model. And we're, we're now coming out of the pandemic more efficient and stronger than we've ever been. Yeah, I think uh, I think you referred to it as strengthening your core, which I <laughs> which oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, strengthening the core. That was a rally for our um, you know for our entire company because we look across and you know you can look at marketing and brand and brand is is you know really the sum of all of the actions interactions that we're both a part of and that we're not and you know every interaction somebody has with our our customer success customer service teams every interaction they have with the product. All of those are building to um, to really build that brand, um, you know, what people think about our brand. And so our product really um, focused in on, on strengthening the core, right? So they got part of the arm that's doing this innovative uh, virtual wellness platform to help the customers in the day. And then the, the, you know, the rest of the team, the majority of the team is focused on, let's make the core of our product as strong as possible. And so that was something that we took to all the different um departments within the company where everybody was thinking like, let's, let's nail the basics. Let's use this as an opportunity to strengthen the things that we know drive business. And, and we did that in marketing product, did that customer success did that. Um, and that back to basics kind of mentality, um, I think really sets us up great for uh, future expansion. What was, uh, what was the most surprising thing that you learned as you sort of went through this process? I mean, the, the, the thing that was uh, the resilience of the team and the resilience of the industry was, was really the most surprising. When we think about um, the one side, we have the, the external, our customers, um, and the ways that they inspired us and found ways through. Internally, um, you know, marketing uh, for messaging and the ways we are out in the market, we're really the, the tip of the spear there. And there was so much going on um, in the world. You know, every week, every month, there were these major events. We went from COVID um, into, you know, George Floyd, into uh, social unrest and injustice, and, uh, and then into the election. And the team had to keep showing up every day with high energy in a new environment where they were working from home. I was per personally blown away um, and humbled by the way the team was able to rally, show up every day, 
Um, we didn't win every day, and and um, you know we we made mistakes along the way, and we were we were trying to bring our authentic selves um, to bear on the market. But it, it was really challenging for the individuals trying to make the decisions on a day to day basis. Um, and I was just blown away by by how resilient um, people are. Yeah, no resiliency. I mean, it's a great theme, and particularly um, when you think about like what's next and the conversation and the dialogue that sort of happened last year around self care and just wellness more broadly. Um, I mean, it's it's it, it kind of takes I think the work that you and your team are doing up a level, you know, where it's even more core. I mean, of course, wellness was always important. Of course, self-care was always important. But we've never seen sort of society so frayed and so on edge and so in need of, of great practices around that. Yeah, I mean, we see it like this, this the pandemic um, brought to life kind of this wellness imperative that we're in. Um, we see what happens with underlying conditions. We see um, how, um, you know, how you can be affected if, if you're not taking care of all the dimensions. Now, we, we often get um, focused in on having conversations around the physical dimension of wellness uh, yeah. because it's, it's just it's, very, it's right in front of you and it's, it's easy to, to grasp. I mean, you know, we're, we're coming out of, um, you know, Mental Health Awareness Month. And um, that's a very important dimension of, of wellness. We think about, you know, the, some of the small ways that MindBody's uh, customers serve that. Um, from uh, meditation to integrative health to yoga, um, all of these uh, ways that people can kind of focus back in on themselves. So important, um, you know, emotional, these connections, all of these dimensions, it just reminds us how important they all are working together. And what, what I find personally, and I, I've talked with others about this is, if you think about it, seven, eight dimensions, kind of, um, you can you can search for for whichever you want, but they're they're in the basic, um, you know, it's basically uh, the same dimensions. And what I find myself is I'll be doing really well on one or two of the dimensions, but I am um, sacrificing something else, and then I need to pull over there, and and it's this constant movement um, and attention, right? Yeah, because because it it is the the whole self and. Um, you know, I think a lot of this stuff, maybe, you know, uh, five, 10 uh, years ago, um, a lot of these, these aspects of what is true wellness weren't discussed, weren't brought out. Um, I feel like now more than ever, um, there are conversations being had around these, these additional, especially mental health, um, which is so important, especially when people are stuck in their homes without people and all the um, additional pressure that's been put on everyone this, this past year. So, yeah, I mean, I feel you know really lucky to work at a company that is focused on um, the dimensions of wellness, that is focused on the things that really matter to give you a great life. If you don't have a working body, you know, if your mind is is um, is not in its uh, most healthy state, it's hard to live a fulfilled life. And so our customers are the heroes. They are frontline workers who are bringing wellness um, to millions and millions of people around the world. And I think we're just reminded now how important that really is um, for all of us. And I'm hoping that um, this is a tipping point and, and that we will all stay, start taking better care of ourselves against all those dimensions. Well, and I think speaking about that concept that you just raised of your, you know, businesses being frontline workers, so there's another dimension to this, which I think is worth mentioning that, you know, some of these businesses were also going through, um, you know, different uh, stresses with regards to being minority-owned or black-owned mm-hmm. or others. Can you speak a little bit about how you approached 
um, you know, supporting diverse businesses or just what your lens was on what businesses needed, knowing that you do power a spectrum of, of, of corporations. Yeah, we're, we're, we're working to do more and we're continuing to evolve how we support, um, uh, you know, these, these different um, uh, people and groups. And um, where our through line is, uh, is really on, on access to wellness. Um, and I think uh, that can take, um, you know, th- that can come to life in many different ways from, um, you know, some minority communities where there isn't as much access to wellness. How can we help promote the businesses that are there? That's one of the things that we were able to do um, this past year was really promote those businesses in these spaces. Um, we're also working on programs where we're um, going to provide businesses in need with um, some free education, because one of the gaps that we found is access to some of the, um, you know, the core um, business skills that um, some of the other businesses had more access to. So we're trying to find ways to provide more access to education to help, um, to, you know, to we're waiving the fees on, on certain programs that we do to try to bring more people in. Um, but we also think of it broadly. We're coming up on on Pride Month, um, you know, and as we think about again this this idea of access and that it's a, it's a fundamental right that everybody deserves access to wellness of of all different kinds. And so we're continuously looking and saying, how can we help bring wellness to more communities? Virtual is a big way to do that. Virtual helps bring down some of the costs. When you think about boutique fitness again, um, you can it, it it can be pretty expensive. Um, and that can keep some people out. Now, um, I'm a thousand percent behind the fact that it is absolutely worth um, the investment. But for communities that can't, virtual can provide a solution where there can be some more affordable um, uh, classes and opportunities to get access. So we're looking through all those dimensions and trying to, you know, we started with our employees and we have a really good two way dialogue with our employees to hear what, what can we do? What should we be doing? Because the best ideas come not from top down, but really from the, the people because they're representatives of the market. And then our customers. Um, we have a, a group um, of uh, what we call champs and consultants that we bring together to ask them questions and say, hey, how, you know, what's, what are you seeing out in the market? They're, they're actual um, you know, practitioners who are out there every day in all kinds of different communities. So we go and we talk to them when we bring that back. And so access is the thing that is our through line now. That's the thing where we really want to be dedicating our our resources over time to help bring more people um, into wellness. And I know one of the things that you also did was through some of your social channels, you were profiling some of these business owners. Can you speak a little bit about the role of social media, you know, how you're seeing um, the opportunity for, for social channels as you continue to, you know, to, to pursue your mission? Yeah, what and like if I'll, I'll hit back on the on the access side, not seeing yourself in businesses is is uh, in in environments um, is a really important part of drawing more people into wellness. So where we're able to hire, um, you know, black owned businesses, uh, you know, not just during Black History Month, but that was a time when we had a focus. But the more we can bring um, uh, these businesses to the forefront, and specifically through social, because that's where we're having this. Uh, conversation with the community. Those are ways that we can show that we are open for all that we that wellness is something that um, welcomes in people and highlighting businesses that do just that and profiling them on on social amplifies that message because that business 
um, get some additional exposure. Their communities get additional exposure. People who are in those communities also get to see what those businesses like them look like. So our the way we've looked at social is, is a combination of highlighting those businesses as well as providing educational assets um, through our social channels so that if people want to learn more about how to get access to funds or more about how to make your business more welcoming, they can find it um, through our social channels. And, and we really have increased our investments in, um, in, in driving that engagement through social. And what we see is a community being built around us um, that really strengthens the overall um, brand at Mind Body, our business, and really does something even bigger, which is connects that community and helps bring more people into wellness. Oh, that's, that's incredibly helpful. Um, I'm going to refer back to something that you were talking about earlier about this sort of, you know, continuum, if you will, of demand gen and brand building. Um, so I think I understand on the demand gen side the role of insights and data. It's pretty self-explanatory. It's almost entirely data-based. How do you think about the role of insights and analytics um, across that whole spectrum so that brand gets its fair share of, you know, the value that it's creating. Can you talk a little bit about how you think about your insights practice? Yeah. So our, you know, our, our brand, um, you know, we did a lot of research on our brand and um, uh, what we found was that our brand was seen in some ways more of a, you know, kind of a booking utility, right? So consumers would think like, oh, that's great. Like I can go book with my studio, through um, through MindBody. We saw that we used our search data from our app so that we could see where people were going. Um, and then we said, what do we want to be? And where we moved to was experience technology because experience is at the heart of um, what our customers are trying to do and why consumers are coming in. So we used the data from um, a lot of, uh, you know, first party research that we put out in market with consumers to understand um, what are they thinking? What are they feeling? Awareness and other metrics like that, we, we run the, the normal gamut of them. I find that the um, our research and insights team, the interviews that they do with customers, some of it combined with the surveys and then verified by the data is really what helps us make smart decisions about where the brand goes. Any one of those independently could lead us down the wrong path. Maybe it's not nuanced enough. Um, maybe it's, um, you know, maybe we're getting a, a false read for the, the sample of customers that we're interviewing. So for me on the brand side, it's really the combination of all of those different types of research and insights that come together to give you that aha moment. Um, and we partner with, um, you know, external experts who can help us get out of our own headspace. The combination of all, all those things that led us to this experience technology epiphany, which is that the experience is at the center of everything that we do. Now, that is an amazing um, uh, multiplying factor for our marketing team and for our company, because now we know, OK, we're starting to put the pieces in place. And when we do things, we know everything can tie back to that experience. And that creates a consistent, powerful message. Then we'll, you know, we'll, we'll go and we'll see what's coming back at us through social. Is this resonating? Which posts are getting response when we, when we share more about experiences or when we do education, each in its own place, the data um, starts the process by helping us understand where to go. And then it's refining how our brand comes to market as we get feedback from, um, from customers and from, uh, you know, our other research tools that are in play. 
I'm going to um, ask you to roll back your thoughts a little and go throughout your career. If you were going to reflect on the most influential decision that you've made um, Mm. that perhaps led you to where you are today or just that you think has been the most impactful. And I know, you know, you've been with Staples, you know, driving foot traffic into the store, you're at Lycos, you're at Localytics. Um, how would you how would you define that most influential decision and sort of what its impact was on you? Well, so I'll, I'll go back. I mean, f- finding kind of a, um, you know, a purpose for why I work um, was the most, you know, the most impactful thing for me. And for me, um, it was really small businesses. And um, I watched my parents who were small business owners and I watched how hard they worked. And uh, what I saw was a couple things go wrong and they provided a fantastic life for us, but a couple things go wrong in the business. You don't take a salary for, uh, you know, a couple months and you have no 401k and, you know, you're, you know, uh, getting uh, on in your, in your, in your years and, and you, you can become unemployable. And, And what I saw was just how tough that is and the grit that it took my parents to work through all of that. And then the fact that at the end, there was nobody there really to take care of them. So, so for me, that, um, uh, that helped me uh, make the decision to say, I really want to focus my career on helping small businesses. And from uh, Staples to Constant Contact, where I was for a long time, it helped me make the decision to go to those businesses. And that made all the difference. Because at Constant Contact, what I got to see was like-minded people who really cared about the customer. Um, and, and uh, you know, a CEO who was passionate about helping small businesses and really understood them. That led me all the way through to MindBody, where um, I get to bring together two of my passions, one for small business. My wife is also a yoga instructor, a Pilates instructor. She does cycle. She does bar. And so here we get to have all of those things uh, come together. So for me, the most impactful personal thing for me was um, to understand why I was working and what I was working for and ultimately who I was working for and who I thought I might be able to help. And so while, you know, this is not, um, you know, this, we're, we're not in the medical field, like, you know, there is no marketing emergency in, in, in the deep world. I do feel like um, my efforts and the efforts of my team, the things we do every day are focused on helping um, somebody who I can get behind you know, the engine of, uh, of our economy is small businesses. And, uh, you know, and I love being dedicated to, to helping them. So I don't know if that exactly answers your question, but well, for incredible. me, that's, that's, that's the really the most important thing. Well, it also provides, I think, a really um, powerful narrative thread, right, throughout your career. So if you could go back in time and offer yourself one piece of advice at the start of your career, what would that piece of advice be? It's that you can't, you can't look forward, you can almost only look backward, right? So you, you can't look forward and say, maybe some, maybe some people can't, I can't uh, look forward and say, here's all the moves I'm going to make to end up in the position that I want to be. Each one, there's an infinite amount of different paths you could take at any given time that lead you down a path. Um, and as you make those, you learn from each one, and then you end up where you are. Now, if you look backwards, you're like, oh my God, I can't imagine 
how these things would all work out in such a way. Um, but for me, it's just the fact of like, you just got to keep taking steps forward and that you might not know where four steps from now is, but each one, you take a risk, you take a step forward. Um, most recently and, and forever, it should never end, you know, coming from Boston and, you know, uprooting my family and moving them to uh, Central Coast, uh, California, um, you know, totally uh, out of our comfort zone, had to create a whole new community here. Um, I feel like it was the best decision um, that we've made as a family. And, and, you know, looking back, I couldn't see how all these pieces would fit together. But if I was never at Constant Contact, I wouldn't have met Gail Goodman, who wouldn't have introduced me to Rick Stolmeyer. And, and these, these things, um, it's difficult to see them. And you can get concerned and um, anxious about which one is the right one and where you're going to go. But each step forward is going to lead you to an ultimate um, uh, place. And, and so for me, I would say, like, don't sweat. Um, don't sweat where you're going to end up so much. Think very deeply about the next few steps. Yeah, that's great. Because that was going to be my follow-up question, which is like, if you don't have a big sense of exactly where it's all going, how do you know when something's right? Yeah. I mean, it's going to feel right. Um, and, and I think, you know, uh, it's not always going to be easy. You know, that that's the other thing. It's, it's um, you know, it's hard. There's a lot of um, you know, you make a lot of mistakes along the way. And, and I always think, uh, you know, about um, mistakes and, and how I learn from them. And, you know, I hope that um, whether it's at a, a specific company I'm at, that I'm judging the body of my work, I'm going to make mistakes, I'm going to, um, you know, uh, I'm going to fail in different ways, I'm going to learn from those. And if you look at the body of, of work, and if you look at it over a career, you can see how, um, those mistakes make you smarter. Those mistakes make you um, uh, better down the road. But it's really just it, it's all about taking that next step. And you never will know. And there is no certainty. And I think the um, you know, the a lot of people have talked about this, but m- most people don't know, um, e- even when they appear as though they're in a place, you know, they're still I don't think I've figured out who I who I am, what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and I think that, that's the other thing I learned is I used to look at somebody who was a manager, a director, a CMO and be like, oh, wow, like they're they're so put together. And now I'm like, oh, man, like if this is the end state, then what was I worried about all the time? Uh, (laughs) And there's relief in that, right? Like, and I think sometimes, you know, even when you look at someone who has had the most textbook trajectory, you speak to them and they're like, oh, no, you know, there was this (laughs) tweet. I didn't know. And it's, I think there's just something very comforting about knowing that you didn't sort of at five years old know exactly, you know, how it was going to go play out. So, just to, um, so in closing, anything that you want to share that you're excited about that's happening in the wellness space or sort of any kind of big initiatives that, you know, that are, that are really top of mind for you? Yeah, I mean, we're heavily focused. I mean, the, the, the big thing I would want to share is just like, you know, think about these, these wellness practitioners or small business owners. And, you know, uh, everybody out there, like, let's just get back and support them um, and, and showing up uh, when it's safe, uh, when you feel comfortable. Um, but showing up for these businesses, they've made it through such tough times. They are so dedicated to helping people. Um, so for me, we're, we're really focused on helping businesses uh, reopen. How can they think about um, how do they price now? Maybe they have capacity changes. Business is different. It's not going to go back to where it was. Um, so I would, uh, you know, on the one hand, I would ask everybody, like, go to these businesses, experience the amazing 
Um, you know, these, these authentic local experiences that they put on, go experience them um, and help those businesses out. And on the other side is just, I'm really excited about um, what the hybrid future looks like for these businesses as we combined virtual, uh, the best of virtual, because it's here to stay with in-person and how that comes to life. We're, we're thinking deeply and having uh, a lot of conversations with our customers, doing a lot of market research so that we can make sure we, we arm them with the, the right way to, to approach uh, the upcoming opportunity. Oh, that's incredibly exciting. Uh, well, listen, so wonderful to chat. Thank you so much for being here. And I, I can't wait to, to hear more about what's next. Awesome. Thank you so much. Really appreciate the time. Take care. Thank you.